I can like salad, Eric. I can like salad, Eric, on the Twitter machine. Quoting me when I said, I like salad. And he says, I found the lib. I found the lib. <laughs> See, now that one fired. That rim shot fired after only like two seconds. But sometimes it'll take like five or six seconds. And then sometimes it fires immediately. You just can't ever tell. So all of the equipment we left behind. Yeah, I mean, we left like thousands. And actually, hang on. I have a list. I've got a, a convenient. You've probably seen it as well. Here it is. It's a, uh, it's a convenient chart. And it has all of the, uh, the, the, the new arsenal that the Taliban has. Sorry, Taliban has. Um, 22,000. I'm just going to round these numbers because uh, numbers are terrible on the radio, but let's just run through them real quick. We got 22,000 Humvees, 600 plus M1117s. They look, it looks like a Humvee, but it looks way more armored. Uh, Then there's 155 MMX, sorry, MXX Pro mine proof vehicles, 169 M113s, armored personnel carriers, 42,000 pickup trucks, 42,000 pickup trucks. Are they all Toyotas as well? Because for some reason, like, what is it with Toyotas and the terrorists? I don't understand. Did they drive anything besides a Toyota? I'm sure they'll drive whatever we leave them. Um, 64,000 plus machine guns. Is This is from the, the Times. So they say machine guns. <laughs> so, okay. 64,000 arms, which I will say, that's one of the things about Democratic administrations, right? They do love running guns to our enemies. It's one of the things about them. I'm just saying recent precedent. Okay. 8,000 trucks, 162,000 radios, 16,000 pairs of night vision goggles, 35, sorry, 359,000 assault rifles which are scarier than machine guns. That's just you know, what I've been told. It's an assault rifle. 126,000 pistols, 176 artillery pieces. Then we get into the 33 helicopters, uh, that are, or the MI-17s. You got uh, 33 Blackhawks, and you got 43 MD-530s. You got four fixed-wing aircraft C-130 transports, 23 Embraer Super Toscanos. Not just Toscano, or sorry, not Toscano, Tucano. It's a Super Tucano. It's even better than a Tucano. You got 28 Cessna 208s, and you got another 10 Cessna AC-208 strike aircrafts. So bang-up work there. But aside from that, thousands of these Handheld biometric devices. The existence of this unit called Al-Isha has not been previously confirmed by the Taliban until now. The Haqqani Network, a terror group aligned with the Taliban, has not admitted its role in targeting Afghans or its use of American, uh, America's vast biometric database. But the New York Post has the story. The Haqqani Network is a terrible network. The U.S. separately provided the Taliban with a list of Americans and Afghans that it wanted to evacuate from the country, a move one defense official told Politico was, quote, just putting them all on a kill list. 
But the power and reach of the U.S. biometric database is much larger and actually more comprehensive. Virtually everybody who worked with the Afghan government or the U.S. military, including interpreters, drivers, nurses, secretaries, literally everybody was fingerprinted and scanned for the biometric database over 12 years. U.S. officials have not confirmed how many of the 7,000 handheld scanners were left behind or whether the biometric database could be remotely deleted. Oh, they don't even know if they can wipe these things. It just gets better and better, really. Bang up work, folks. Nawazuddin Haqqani. He says, we are in control of the Interior Ministry and the National Biometric Database that they kept. We have everyone's data with us now, including journalists and so-called human rights people. We haven't killed a single foreign journalist, have we? We aren't arresting the families of these people who are on the blacklist either. But American, uh, as well as Afghanistan's National Directorate of Security and India's Research and Analysis Wing, these puppets will not be let off. They will always be watched by Al-Isha, those who were Barking about having U.S. dollars in their pockets till a few days ago, they won't be spared. They can't be spared, can they? What do you think they're going to do? We may never know. At first, the U.S. hoped to use the biometric database to spot Taliban infiltrators or catch the makers of roadside bombs, which had claimed the lives of hundreds of Americans and allied uh, sources since 2001. Later, it evolved, as these things tend to do, into a way to identify virtually every Afghan that U.S. forces hired or even visited. By 2014, the U.S. Army was calling its strategy, quote, identity dominance. Now that identity dominance belongs to the Taliban. You know what this story reminded me of? Um, This guy, Nawazuddin Haqqani, who's the head of the Al-Isha unit that's going around hunting people and murdering them, Um, he says, we're not collecting new data. We already have it. You know what this story reminded me of? Um, the guns in the Weimar Republic. Anybody know, you guys know this story? What am I saying? Your talk radio audience, you probably know this story. People who, people who don't (laughs) generally, like, seriously, like you tell people this story and if they generally are, they're generally, they are not talk radio Uh, consumers, and so they've never heard any of these details, which is that the government before Hitler had made a concerted effort to to create a gun registration, right, to create lists of all the gun owners in order to prevent the bad people, the Nazis, from getting guns, right? They wanted lists. They wanted to make sure that only good people had guns and not bad people. And then the Nazis got into power. And guess who got the list? (laughs) Yeah, the bad people got the list. And now, well, they know where all of these people are. And they went about and assassinated them. After They couldn't get their guns. They went and took the guns first, right? That's, That's what this story reminded me of. Because that's exactly how these lists, these databases get used when bad people take control of systems that are created ostensibly with the best of intentions. And that's now what the Taliban hit squad has, the assassination squad has. 
the Rolling Stones. Here's a tweet from Bakes to Pete Callender. That's the uh, Twitter handle, Pete Callender, at Pete Callender. Um, how in the H-E double hockey sticks can we leave that many trucks, guns, and helicopters? We need to get that stuff. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. Yeah. It's insane. And then there also all of the money. Just stacks and stacks and stacks of money. And the biometric scanners, which are being used by this Al-Isha unit that has more than doubled in size. It's got more than 1,100 members now, according to its leader. And... Uh, Nawazuddin Haqqani asked about reports that Pakistani intelligence officers were supervising the unit's use of biometric data to interrogate former U.S. allies. Haqqani did not deny the Pakistani connection. He said, quote, you are not that naive. You know the answer to that. But what I can say is not necessary to train every. It's not necessary to train everyone in Pakistan. Sorry, Pakistan. The emirs, who are the local Taliban chieftains, are quite capable of training the foot soldiers to handle this equipment. This suggests that Pakistan's spy agency, the Inter-Services Intelligence, or the ISI, uh, that they have access to America's biometric database as well. If Al-Isha can identify Indian intelligence sources in Afghanistan, the Pakistanis will pursue them as well. Because we all know how much the Pakistanis love the Indians, and vice versa. So how do you think India feels about us right about now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they've got some uh, some hard feelings after all of this. They might. Let me see. Let's Jimmy. Let's join Jimmy. How are hey you? There. Welcome to the program. Pete. You. Um, so when, well, I, got, I guess I got two questions or comments. When does the media blackout start? Because, I, you know, there's no way they could spin this. No, I think there, I think there are some um, you can call like uh, like breaking the skids, you know, where you uh, you know you got like skids on a sled in the winter time and they get frozen into the ground, and so you got to break it free, like with the dog sled stuff. It was in Call of the Wild, anyway. It's a, like you, you got to try to break the skids first. You got to get out of that that frozen state, right? To, and once you do that, then you could start moving. I'm looking at a story today, and it started yesterday. I want to say. Um, about Madison Cawthorn, the congressman from the mountains, Western North Carolina, uh, and comments he made, and this House Select Committee about the January 6th riots. Like, I think this is the vehicle that they're going to use. Madison Cawthorn and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert, they serve the function and the role that Donald Trump did. Um, And so I think think they're going to use these comments that Cawthorn made and they're going to try and break the skids to to get us off of the Afghanistan thing. The problem they're going to have is if obviously the the beheadings start and the hostage videos start. And how, in your opinion, what is the percentage of um, buyer's remorse or or Biden remorse? Do you think that Democrats have for choosing Joe Biden? Well, I mean, that's a pretty expansive group of people, right? You've got your far-left folks that are going to be fine with it. Um, you got your anti-Trump uh, Republicans that voted for him. I think there's probably some degree of remorse there, but I don't know. I, I mean, I just saw uh, one uh, one poll that 
uh, had Biden underwater by 12 points now in North Carolina. That's huge in this state. I mean, you, you remember uh, Trump carried the state by a very slim margin, like 1% or something. So um, that's the, the, to be underwater 12 points, that's huge. So I don't know. Uh, and does it last? I don't know. And also keep in mind, the candidates matter, right? Like the elections are not just about polling and issues. Uh, the candidates matter and the media matters. And if you've got Donald Trump running for president again against Joe Biden, I don't know how that, uh, first off, I don't know if either of them are going to run again, right? Uh, so I, I don't know if it makes any sense to to kind of predict this far out the ramifications of what uh, of what this all means. Right now, the first step is the the midterms, and those can and individual candidates for Congress definitely matter. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pete. All right, man. Appreciate it. Um, that's, yeah. For what it's worth, my opinion probably completely worthless. Uh, <laughs> actually, not even probably. Um, let's see here, Brian. Welcome to the program. <laughs> How are you, Brian? Hey, Pete. Doing Hi. great. Good. Hey, uh, next time you're thinking about your uh, your diet, just substitute the word lifestyle instead of diet. That'll help you get your goals. So, right, this is one of the things, too, is everyone is on a diet. Diet right. is just what we eat. That's right. Yeah. Just think of it as fuel instead of luggage, if that makes sense. That's a good way to think of it. That is a good way to think of it. So here's my comment in, right. in, in regards to Afghanistan and, and the comments that some of our military military leaders and the president have stated that the mission to go to Afghanistan was to prevent the Taliban from attacking us again. I want to examine that mission statement. Certainly, we have not been attacked again since 9-11. But given how fast the Taliban was able to take control and how strong they seem to be, can we not question the fact that we have not achieved the mission, that we are safe after 20 years? I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment because if, like you say, the mission was to prevent the Taliban from hosting a terrorist organization, they, they most certainly can do that again. The, the, so that capacity has not been diminished. In fact, it's been improved because... Now they have the arsenal to put down any kind of opposition that might arise, which, by the way, there are still Afghan forces fighting the Taliban. There are still battles being waged in Afghanistan by Afghan forces. Uh, but now we've just left all of this uh, equipment for them. And so, yeah, they're, they're in a better position now. And they've got motivation. They're not going to forget, the, you know, they're not going to automatically stop disliking us or hating us or wanting to attack us. If anything, we've motivated them to do that again. And if, if or when, and I don't want to say that as hypothetical, but if they were to attack us again, what would be our response? Are we going to go back there again? Are we going to finish the job? No. I suspect if under this administration, and this was the question I was asking a couple of weeks ago while we were watching the withdrawal Charlie Foxtrot that it was like I was saying well then like what happens if what happens if they hit us what happens if they blow up the airport right what, what is the response what do we do um is because I don't think the Biden administration is not going to pour a whole bunch of troops in there and I don't think American uh I don't think the American public would support that so what I what I think is just going to be more drone strikes drone strikes 
all over the place, killing lots of innocent civilians, innocent people, uh, as well as uh, some you know high value targets. That would be my, my my guess, but I don't know. So essentially, the, the military campaign continues. The occupation has ended. Basically, that's what we're saying. Right. But the war continues. No boots on the ground, but drones in the sky. Right. That's the idea. Brian, I appreciate the call, man. Good to hear from you again. And uh, it's good to hear from Mark Garrison over in the WBT News Center. September is here. It's Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And so need you to mark your calendar right now for September 30th. It's a Thursday. It's the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. And the Big Red Bus, the One Blood Big Red Bus, is going to be at the Community Matters Cafe. It's going to be there for five hours, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., accepting your donations of blood. As well as platelets. I do the platelets. I do a double because I'm just that kind of a guy. I'm twice as good. It's uh, <laughs> now if you do the platelets, you could take the they take the platelets or they take the blood, they centrifuge it and they get the platelets out and then they put it back in with some saline and then they do it again. And because I am O positive, and so I'm like universal donor. I'm a giver for everybody, and um, I think that's what that means. I for, I forget. I mean, I have my Red Cross card. I can look at it, but I'm not going to. It doesn't matter. The Community Matters Cafe. That's what matters. On uh, Thursday, September 30th, uh, head on over to the website, wbt.com slash events for directions and details, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. A uh, bit of a scoop I will give you in a little bit as well about uh, a landmark over there in Plaza Midwood. First, let me bounce over here to Bill. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the show. What's up? Well, I just wanted to uh, bring up an old subject. Uh, the uh, voting fraud that occurred, uh, no judge would hear any evidence, and there was plenty of evidence we saw the, uh, right after the election, and no one wants to talk about it. And now the, the scene on the, on the talk shows is that, well, you know, uh, Biden won because everyone hated Trump. It's a damn lie. There's at least 75 million people voted for Trump. Are we all idiots? I don't get it. Why can't we keep fighting for justice? What we have is anarchy right now. It rules. The mob rules. What are you talking when, when you say fighting for justice? What is uh, what do you mean? Going back and have judges look at the evidence of the election, which they refuse to do. So it said there's no standing. Right. That's a lie. Okay. Well, so here's so here's the problem: is that in our society we have a place to determine truth and whether laws were broken, whether fraud existed. Right. We have the venue for that is the judiciary. Right. You agree. Uh, it sounds like, right? Like you have judges and they have trials and people present evidence and people make their cases and such. And if we are to, uh, so uh, right, am I to believe then that every single judge that, that wouldn't hear the cases based on standing and the like, all of that stuff, even the ones that were appointed by Donald Trump, that there's not any, there's no single judge anywhere in America that is, I guess what, not corrupt. Is that the idea? 
No, what happened is, can I tell you what happened to me personally? Yeah. Well, I was robbed at knife point and threatened to kill me if I didn't give my wallet away. Okay. I had five witnesses. Okay. And uh, identified the, the uh, that could identify the man that threatened to kill me. I got the license number of the car he used. Right. And uh, they the the guy got off because no witness would testify because this the man had a lot of people behind him that threatened to kill every witness's family. Okay. If they testified, including the judge, and the case was dropped, and so I'm left well, terrorized that, because I'm the one, only one that, uh, you and filed, of course, tr- dropped the case. Right, you filed the charges. Um, the but the, was, right, pardon? but the the case gets dropped by the prosecution, not yeah. the not the judge. Because the witnesses, I understand that. No, testify. Bill, I get it. I agree. I understand that. But the the. The judge doesn't drop the case. The prosecution drops the case. Yeah. And they did so because all the witnesses bailed. All right. So they how does that apply? Because their life, they were threatened. Okay. They so they had their whole families killed. Is this you, what the and so your your so your assu- your assumption then is that every single judge had the same done to them? Yeah. All right. And you don't have any proof of that, though. I can't. Well, I don't know. They, they didn't. They didn't go back and check to see, but they did. In my case, they checked with the. I'm not. Talk, but hang on, Bill. I, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to litigate whether or not the election was stolen or not through a prism of your case, because your case is your case. Every case is different, and what your and I understand the argument that all the judges got threatened. Like I understand the premise of that theory, right? You're asserting this premise, saying that they were all threatened. You don't have any evidence to support that theory, though. No, they weren't all framed, but some were. Right, well, in, in but but you, but even all, so, you still all don't. Framed. All right, well, some framed, some were were threatened or framed or blackmailed or whatever. You don't have any evidence of that, though. Well, well, now let me go up to the election. No, 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 no. That's not the, that, that's not how I discuss stuff. So what we, we get to a we get to a decision point here, right? At some point, you got to put up the evidence, and your premise was that the uh, that these judges were threatened or blackmailed or something, and that's why they didn't rule in your favor. You have no evidence to support that, though. You want me to believe right. that just because you didn't get an outcome that you wanted from the judge, right? Well, here's you know, let me go back and re- reiterate what I said was that the witnesses said that they would not testify because their families... They, they, I, I understand. Their families would be killed. I understand. Isn't that enough evidence? Bill, I, I understand what you're saying. I've heard you. I understand what you're saying. But I'm still submitting. You don't have evidence of that occurring in any of these other court cases. And, I re- and I'm sorry. I require evidence. I, I do. I require evidence if, if, to believe... To believe charges and, and, and assertions and allegations of the magnitude and severity that we are discussing, I require evidence. Not, And that's just on this the allegation that all the judges got threatened and their families were threatened and everything else. And that's why they ruled against what you wanted them to rule. And you know, losing in court does not require everybody to be bought off.
Sometimes people just lose in court because they don't have good cases. Now, see, Bill told Ryan, the call screener slash producer extraordinaire, that he was going to talk about something regarding Afghanistan, and then he did not. He talked about the election. I think I, I think he was trying to go somewhere with it, but uh, back to Afghanistan or something. But um, be that as it may, we'll now take James. Hello, James. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for taking my Good. call. What's not, not defending the previous caller, and I'm not sure what his point was he was trying to make, but uh, you made a comment about the prosecution dropped the case. That wasn't the judge's fault. And my response to that is, didn't the prosecution try to drop the Flynn case and the judge wouldn't allow it? Indeed. And that and, was... And it's to, to the greater point, which I think he believes, I don't think he expressed it properly, but to the greater point... The process, the system is corrupt mm-hmm. from top to bottom. I mean, I, I, the current generation of uh, FBI agents makes J. Edgar Hoover look like a Boy Scout. The, you know, my, and my answer to all of it is, well, it's just the top, it's this, that. No, it's all of it. Silence is implied agreement. Okay. People in the system that are honorable, decent people should be speaking out. They should be screaming it from the mountaintop. And nobody... In the bureaucracy, I want you to talk about it. So, all right, so your premise then is a little different, is that the entire system is corrupt, not that the judges were threatened with death or anything like that, but that all of the judges in these cases were acting in the same way that the one judge in the Flynn case acted, which was completely uh, inappropriate, but I've not seen any... In Bill's specific case himself, he didn't say, I asked him, I said, the prosecution dropped it, right? And he said, yeah, the judge didn't do that. So that would indicate that the corruption didn't occur at the judge level, right? In Bill's case, this this is the problem. This is the problem that, hang hang on real quick, James. This is the problem with using analogies like Bill was using in, in trying to argue a different case is that the analogies like you already have a court case, pick the court case that we're arguing about rather than trying to equate it with a different court case that is kind of non, non analogous and, and irrelevant. That's all. Again, I didn't call to defend him. Right. I no, I got you. I really understand his point. Right. There, his, he definitely believes that there's a level of corruption in the system. That there's a, or there's a a systemic process mm-hmm. not geared to objective commitment to you know, right. justice. Right, and, right. And, and you and so it sounds like your premise is similar in that you believe the entire system is corrupt, that every single judge is corrupt, and so therefore there is no way to ever get a a fair trial or hearing uh, in regards to the election. Is that accurate? No, I'm not, no I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there's no way. I mean, people that speed all the time don't get a ticket every day. Right. That doesn't mean that they're not speeding. You know, it's, they're still speeding. It's, um, what I'm saying is that they're acting in their own personal self-interest to the benefit of the bureaucracy. Their hierarchy of needs is protect the bureaucracy first. Mm-hmm. I mean, pick something. You know, there are circumstances over decades of where 
mistakes have been made by people in the FBI and nothing happened. True. And, you know, whether it's Randy Weaver or Waco or Janet Reno and the Cuban uh, child that they took back by force, just on and on and on. Most of them we never even hear about. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, we, we hear about those cases. The manner of prosecutions, uh-huh. uh, the, the, how, how they have attacked politically affiliated interest of the political enemy of the bureaucracy and just uh, forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, I'm sure that almost all people in the FBI are decent, good people, but they don't speak out. And silence is implied agreement, and there's a flaw right. in okay. your. Okay, so I've, all right, to call it out. You've, all right, you, all right. So I got your argument now. So the question that I have uh, is that you said that the um, the the bureau the bureaucracy is going to protect its own self interest, right? And if that's the case, then could that standard is that standard at play in your hypothesis for you in that? Your your interest is in believing that I assume this is the premise is that the election was stolen and you can't get a fair hearing because of the corruption and the self-interest of the system. Isn't this theory that you're espousing that the linchpin here is that you don't need any proof, right? You don't need this to go through that system because, as you said, it's corrupt. So you don't need to go through that system, which then is in your interest to advance your theory and give you comfort that your belief is in fact correct when you don't ever need to prove it as long as you believe it. Well, I think I can prove it. I don't need them to validate that proof. They, they should validate what is true, but they don't. They validate what they want to hold up as objective fact when it isn't. So, so you think, fact. so, all right, so if you think you can prove that the election was rigged and stolen. Um, I, I think I can prove that the election process was clearly corrupted and contaminated and not above board with one sentence, absolutely. You cannot mail out 69 million mail-in ballots to occupant or current resident without it being corrupted, period. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Well, that, and, that, but, and that's a different premise, though. It's that, not a different premise. Oh, of course. They, they well, then why did you then why did you they, reframe they, it? No, but then why did you reframe the premise to corrupted versus rigged? Why did you change no, the language? Sure, that, you know, that's your word. It is, it is a yeah. corrupt. It is a corrupt system. There, there, that's a matter of semantics. But you just said but no. It's, it's, it's well, wait a minute. It's either wait. It's e- no, it's either no, semantics, no. James. It's either semantics and it's different, or it's not. Which is it? It is a corrupted system. Was it was the federal election rigged? I mean, whatever you want to call it. Sure, let's call it rigged. Okay. Was it, so was it stolen? You want to use that word? Call it stolen. Okay. It so that's absolutely. So why did you object when I used those words? When I said, like, it's my understanding, like this is what you're asserting. Why did you get I felt mad? Like you were trying to wordsmith the discussion. No, I'm trying. No, I'm not trying to wordsmith. I'm trying to figure out what the underlying premise was, what you believe to be the case, what happened. And when I and so I said that, well, and then you objected. I told you. I, t- I told you. You said that time. after, James. You, you said it after. You can't outsource to Ed McMahon and Publishers Clearinghouse the running of a federal election. Yeah. That's a corrupt process. Right. So and because of that. And they did, they did it without consent of state legislatures, right. which the Constitution says has the sole authority for managing any state's election. Right. I, I, and I agree, I agree with the, although we, we didn't mail out the ballots 
uh, with you know mail-in ballots here in North Carolina like that, like they did in other states. But I agree they did end runs around the legislature. I've said this before that if you want to talk about the okay, so if you're just going to interrupt me, I'm going to put you on hold. Because you obviously have your opinions on what occurred. It's what I'm trying to figure out. But you say the same thing over and over again, and you keep cutting me off as I try to advance the ball here in the uh, in the discourse. So I'm going to put you back on hold. Um, saying that the election system was corrupt and it is corrupt is not the same thing I would submit. It is not the same thing as what Bill was alleging, right? Because what the difference is, and this is why I asked if you if your premise is that it was rigged and stolen, and you then you shifted and said, no, I'm saying it's corrupt, and then you tried to then say, okay, fine, you could say it's the same thing. Like I'm trying to because there's a difference. Corruption could imply lots of different uh, actors working at cross purposes, different aims, right? Rigged slash stolen. Those words indicate that there's a goal in mind to try to put somebody in power, to try to alter the outcome, right, to make Joe Biden the winner. That's the, that, that's the point. And if you're saying it's just corrupt because of all the ballots that got sent out, okay, yes, that's corrupt, just like, you know, people's souls can be corrupted and people's ethics can be corrupted and, that's, and files can be corrupted on a computer. Yes, corrupt. But rigged means there's a, there's a, a goal that you're, aiming at right you're trying to affect an outcome you're trying to do something that's really what you're talking about and that then requires there to be right some level of coordination that gets the result you want that's why i asked if that's what you were asserting and that's when i asked for proof because that's what i did with bill and we've argued now we spent about five minutes going back and forth about this to come to the exact same position I was at with Bill, which was present me the evidence, present me the evidence that there was that machination or a machination in uh, uh, in in uh, in place to arrive at that goal. And I'm open to be persuaded. I'm running out of time, but like I'm, I'm open to hear the evidence. I agree with you that the system got corrupted because of the lawsuits that Democrats filed and the rewriting of the the processes. Absolutely. Present me more evidence to prove what the goal was. That's all I ask. All right, I'm out of time. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Thanks, James, for the call. And um, Brett Winterbull up next on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. We'll talk with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.